snow, streams crusted with ice, and the absolute silence of a winter day, a day like this one. Petter's uncle had taught him to hunt, and the young man loved it. He loved the traces animals left in the snow. He loved outwitting them, tracking them back to their lairs. He loved shooting because he discovered he was a natural shot. He even enjoyed the cold. To Petter, his father's move from Moscow to a rural village had been invigorating. It was freedom. The army, of course, was the opposite. The army was tedium. It was taking orders and digging ditches. It was pushing trucks stuck in the mud. It was carrying heavy ammunition and supply boxes. And it was marching, endless marching. Petter's unit had a truck, but it was for the Katyusha missile racks, not the men. Petter already felt as if he had marched all the way across Russia. And now that they were constantly in retreat, it seemed like the Germans were forcing him to march right back. Dull explosions in the distance told Petter that the Katyusha rockets had struck some barren patch of snow, and he hurried to reload the missile racks on the back of the truck. He'd quickly learned that he was not judged by where the rockets fell, but by how often they fell. The political officers who kept an eye on the army for the all-powerful Politburo couldn't see where the rockets landed any better than Petter could. But they could know how quickly Petter and his team reloaded the battery, how long it took before they ignited the next salvo. Petter and his team had become quite good at loading rockets, so theirs was judged one of the finest Katyusha batteries on the front, even though they had absolutely no idea how to aim. As Petter's team finished reloading the Katyusha for him, he checked the angle of the launch rack and adjusted it slightly downward, so the rockets would travel more straight ahead than upward. This way, the rockets would land farther away. If Petter's comrades managed to break through the German lines, he wanted to be sure his rockets didn't land on them, the advancing Red Army. He needn't have worried. He'd barely ignited the new salvo before the Russian infantry appeared in the trees on the other side of the river before him. Like Petter, they wore war mushanka, fur hats, under their steel helmets. Valenki, felt boots, and Telogreka, quilted jackets and trousers. The whole uniform was dyed green and offered no concealment against the white snow and bare birch trees. But these men didn't even bother trying to hide. They were far more concerned with running away. They ran right for Peter. His heart sank. Once again, the Red Army was retreating. Already, Peter could hear the political officers screaming at the rush of fleeing infantry, pleading with them to hold their ground, ordering them to stand fast for their country, and, pistol drawn, threatening to shoot the first Russian soldier who tried to cross the bridge to the other side of the river. Petter sighed. It was to no avail. Russian soldiers had no fear of pistols. They feared German machine guns. Petter heard the staccato report of those machine guns and ignited the Katyusha salvo that briefly drowned them out. The rockets exploded harmlessly in the distance, and the machine gun fire returned, closer. Then came another sound, the rumble and clank of metal plates slapping against steel wheels. It was tank treads, German panzers. A shot boomed, louder than the machine guns, and a tree blew apart, showering burning splinters in all directions. The Russian soldiers who crossed the stone bridge were passing Petr now, dropping their rifles and grenades so they could run faster. 
a rout was underway. Petter and his crew had never been in a battle that hadn't turned into a rout, so they knew exactly what to do. They packed up the ammunition trailer while Lieutenant Gromoslavsky wheeled the truck around. Then they attached the trailer to the truck's hitch, jumped on the running boards, and hung on tight, waiting for Lieutenant Gromoslavsky to hit the gas. Drunk or not, the lieutenant was wise enough to keep the truck's fuel tank topped off. Their truck burned less gas than a German tank, so they all knew that the panzers would be forced to stop and refuel eventually, allowing them to outrun the surging German attack. But the lieutenant hadn't hit the gas. Not yet. He was waiting for Petter, the only crew member who hadn't jumped aboard. Petter looked around. One of the other trucks had failed to start. It was still facing the advancing panzers, rockets loaded and pointed up into the sky.